Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife Terry and I have a almost eight-year-old, a second grader. Her name is Naomi. And I started Positively Dad in March of 2019 just to be a resource for you to help you grow as a parent, partner, or person. And I trust that we're doing that, that you're getting value out of our conversations. We do two podcasts every single week. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something. And on Thursdays, we talk to a dad about being a dad. And today is one of our kind of expert episodes, if you will. And and I'm really, really excited about it. We have a really cool guest for you today. His name is Tony Porter. Tony Porter is the CEO of an organization called A Call to Men. Now, I'm going to tell you what you've got to do as soon as this podcast is over is go and look up his TED Talk. His TED Talk came out in 2010. It's called A Call to Men, and he really walks through how do we look at manhood. And when I saw it, and me along with three million other people, there's a chance that, that you've probably seen it as well. When I saw it, I thought this is a conversation we've got to have with our dads about how we're raising sons and how we're behaving ourselves. That what does it truly mean to be a man and how is that changing in 2020? So I reached out to Tony and his organization and they asked if he'd be on to share a little bit with us about what it truly means in 2020 to be a man. And let's jump in and have that conversation. Tony, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Thank you, James. Hey, I'm really happy to have you. And and I'm going to tell everybody as soon as they've d- they're done listening to this podcast, they've got to go watch your TED Talk. It's only had three million views. I mean, it's not like you know it's a big deal or anything. And uh, and yet, man, you really deliver a strong message, and that is really looking at what is this story of a man box and how do we change it? Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, James, I appreciate that. And it would also be great if they follow us on social media. We're on all forms of social media, a call to men. And I'm also on Twitter as well, uh, Tony Porter, A-C-T-M. Our mission at a call to men, you know, when we started a call to men, we were focused on men who don't perpetrate violence against women and girls, which actually is the majority of men. It was important for us. uh, We are the first generation of men actually being asked in any real intentional way to promote healthy, respectful, responsible manhood. Collectively as men, this is new to us. Just as new as we are as a society as holding men accountable for violence against women and girls, this is the first generation of that truly truly happening. Equally, we're the first generation of men being asked to uh, develop a voice to to challenge many of the notions of of masculinity and manhood that have a direct correlation, not only to violence against women and girls, but to unhealthy behaviors for men and boys. So we felt that a call to men that, you know, there were enough people in the space of holding men accountable. We wanted to really begin to talk to men about preventing the violence. And in order to do that, you know, we had to talk to the majority of men because the truth of the matter is the majority of men don't perpetrate the violence, but unfortunately, we're silent to the violence. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that we've never really had the responsibility again to really address. So it it was very important for us to 
to think of that group of men as those to, to reach out to. And, and that's really become the foundation of our work is helping men to develop a voice, helping men to use their influence and their platform to promote healthy, respectful manhood, knowing that just by doing such, we not only increase healthy, respectful manhood, but we decrease violence against women and girls. We believe at the end of the day that we collectively as men, if we can get a critical mass of men to really take these aspects of male socialization that we address on, we can really have a huge impact. Uh, and again, not only in ending the violence against women and girls, but really making society healthier for we as men. The same rigid notions of manhood that support violence against women and girls is killing us as men also. It seems like that it's really just, I mean, it starts with awareness of even the smallest action or thing that we might say, while you don't look at that as a violent attack on somebody, what do those little things that we do actually mean to someone and the ideas that we think a man is supposed to be? I mean, is, are, is that really true? I mean, isn't that what you're after? Yeah, and so much of that. Yeah, so much of our ignorance as men. Uh, our experience has been when we enlighten men around these issues, for the most part, men embrace it and try to do better because it makes sense. You know, for example, something as simple as a coach telling the boy to stop playing like a girl, right? What, what, what's, the, what's the underlining message behind that? You know, what in essence is the coach then saying about girls? Now, in his mind, he's just saying stop playing like a girl because he's learned somewhere along the line that that motivates boys to try harder. And that's all he may simply be trying to do is motivate boys to try harder. But instead of simply saying, try harder, you play like a girl seems to work pretty effectively. And we haven't, and I believe, and this has been our experience, that we've worked with thousands of coaches over the years, that when we enlighten coaches about this, they start using different language mm -hmm. because they come to realize that every time you tell a boy to stop playing like a girl, you know, you are oppressing girls. You are dehumanizing girls. You are saying girls are of less value. And then those messages, right? Yeah. Those messages that were not part of his intentions at all continue to feed the oppression of women, right? The discrimination of women, violence toward women. And, and that's not on his radar at all but he becomes part of the problem by virtue of the language he's using when he may really, he might have three daughters and his whole intention is to always be part of the solution, but not being aware of language and the impact of language. So yes, to your point, that's something that we pay very close attention to. Yeah. I, did, I mean, uh, my guess would be in that particular example, which is one you made in your Ted talk. And I want to talk about it in a second is is in that example the coach is does not intend probably in that moment to demean women when that's exactly though what he's doing in the long run and what you said in the ted talk was you you talked to a, a 12 year old kid and, and said you know how would you feel if your coach said don't play like a girl or you're playing like a girl and the kid said it would destroy me and you said my goodness what are we teaching little boys about girls yeah if it would destroy him we, we have in our 
defining manhood, we teach boys to define manhood by distance themselves as far as possible away from the experience of girls, right? So if you tell a boy he's playing like a girl, then you're actually telling him he's very similar to girls. And that's sim- and based on all of our teaching, that's the last thing he wants to be in many cases. Mm-hmm. And that's why that particular boy said it would destroy him. So, you know, it, it really is incumbent upon us as men or young men who have the responsibility to really nurture and create this next generation of men to really begin to think about what that means. You know, another, when you talk about language, Jane, another example, I think is a great example, and this is for us as dads, you know, you're going on a business trip or maybe on a fishing trip with your buddies or whatever, and let's say at home you have three children, you have uh, two sons and a daughter. Your daughter might be two, three years older than the oldest son. But nevertheless, upon leaving, you tell your son, hey, James, you're the man of the house. Take care of your mommy. Take care of your sister, who's older than you, by the way, mm-hmm. and take care of your little brother. Many of us as men have had that experience growing up with our dad, father figures, and many of us have done just that. and myself included on both ends. I've had it with my dad and I've done it with my sons, right? But what we're not thinking about, in our minds, we're just cultivating him for what his responsibility is going to be when he becomes a man. In our mind, we're teaching him he has a responsibility to protect and lead, right? But what we're not thinking about is, you know, what are we saying about mom? who's, let's say she's 30 years old, when we're telling a five-year-old boy he's in charge. Mm-hmm. We, we're not thinking about that. But there's, there's messages in there. There are many, many messages in there. And he's five and his sister is 10. What, what's the message she's getting that her five-year-old brother's in charge when she knows he's going to be in the bed at 7.30? What, what's he <laughs> in charge of? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's the one that constantly has the responsibility to make sure he's okay, that he gets to school, that he gets on the bus, you know, but he's dead saying he's in charge. What what is she learning about men that she has to have a man, that she won't be able to take care of herself without a man, that when she does partner with a man, that she has to do everything? What is so many messages into that little statement? Take care of your mommy. Take care of your sister. Take care of your brother. You're the man of the house. Mm. You're in charge. And, and we don't mean any harm at all when we say that as men. Uh, I know I'm, I'm naming things. I'm pushing us to think some of the messages all the way through just to help us to be better, just to do better. Because, again, at the end of the day, the work of a call to men is really to work with well-meaning men, good-intentioned men, the majority of men that would never harm women, the majority of men that are trying to do our very, very best to raise our our sons and daughters and families the best we can. And at the same time, there's, there's different aspects of manhood that are steeped in tradition that we're kind of just on remote control doing as we've always done. Right. And it's really worthy of us to rethink some of this. 
It is. And, and the, you know, our words matter and we don't maybe always realize exactly what we're saying by what we're saying. And I think that's the message you're sending out. And, and as I think about it, I go, all right, well, you know, how do we define a man in 2020? Because I think the way we define a man in 2020 versus the way we defined it a generation ago is probably different. How would you define being a man? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. I, I would reverse many of the things that we've been taught that it means to be a man in defining a man in 2020. For example, I would say a man in 2020 is okay with asking for help. He understands that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. I would say a man in 2020 knows it's okay to offer help, to accept help, right? A man in 2020 understands that when he's angry, what he's actually experiencing is fear or pain. And that's what he really needs to address. Uh, a, a man in 2020 promotes equality and equity for women and girls. You know, a, a man in, in 2020 really supports his son in being his authentic self. And so since we're talking to dads, let's walk through that a little bit. You're a dad. So let's walk through how do we help our son be his authentic self? Yeah. So, and, and that's challenging because in many cases we want our sons to be, you know, uh, to mirror who we are. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I would say we need to listen to our boys about who they say and show us they are, right? Instead of defining that for them, you know, that's part of allowing them to be their authentic selves. We still live in a time where this man box, you, you heard me mention that in the TED Talk, is a, is a term that we coined back in the 90s. This man box, this collective socialization of manhood discourages our boys from showing any emotion. Uh, by, at, by the time they're five years old, we cut off feelings and emotions. You know, when you tell, you tell a three, and we do it even earlier than that, you tell a three-year-old boy to stop crying, you're in essence telling him to stop feeling. We cut off feelings and emotions in our, our boys at a very, very early age and create this stoic experience for them. We teach our boys very early on that asking for help is a sign of weakness. So in many cases, a 15-year-old boy will not tell us when he's feeling bad, when something's going on that's wrong. They, they pretty much keep it to themselves, which is why if you ask the average 15-year-old boy that's looking twisted up, John, what's wrong? His most immediate response to you is, I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah, nothing. And as, as, as men, when he tells us he's good, we're more than likely to accept that, that he's good. It's, it's his mother. It's his mother that will say, John, you're not good, and we're not leaving this room until you tell me what's going on. I wonder if we don't recognize that something's up because we never dealt with emotions ourselves. Well, that's part of it. Or we don't know how to deal with if something's up, so let his mother deal with it anyway. Mm -hmm. We don't really, you know, we've never dealt with emotions, so we don't challenge him to share his feelings and emotions, right? We look at suicide rates and mental health challenges with boys 
they tell me those numbers have doubled and tripled, mm-hmm. you know, over the last 25 years. But we look at the challenges our, our young men are having today, and we really have to begin to question ourselves, you know, we're creating these robotic experiences with our boys, and it's just really not helping. It's not helping their growth. It's not helping their development. It's, it's really creating stagnation in them and their experiences as young men. Allowing them to be their authentic selves is really allowing them in many respects to break humanity, right? So the whole idea, and, and when we think about boys being their authentic selves, another thing that comes up for me is girls, our, our boys and their experiences with girls. We teach boys early on, and, and I, we don't do this con- intentionally in most cases as men, but we teach boys early on by virtue of defining manhood by distancing ourselves from the experience of girls. We teach boys early on to have a lack of interest in girls outside of sexual conquest. Now, most men, dads listening right now to the podcast will say, no, 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 they would disagree with that. I get it. I get it. But but let me share a little with you why, why I feel that way. If you come home from work, and not every dad, of course, there's no absolute fear, but far too often what I'm sharing we know to be true in, in conversations we've had with thousands of dads over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. You come home from work, your son is sitting on the porch with five, six girls who are all his friends. Just your son and five, six girls, let's make him 12 years old. Far too often for us as men, when that boy comes in the house, we got questions for him. You know, one of the questions is, which one do you like? And if he says, I don't like any of them, Dad, they're all just my friends. We really want to know, well, where are the guys? Why are you hanging out with girls? Well, you know, what do you do when you're with girls? We got a lot of questions for him. But if the boy said, seen the one in the jeans over there that had on the purple top, Dad, and Dad said, yeah, I've seen her. The son just said, that's the one I like. Our questions usually end. We're usually good. Hmm. If he likes one, if he just likes one, James, we're good. But if he says he's not, he doesn't like, and and we don't use sexual conquest. The boy's 12 years old. But right. if he doesn't say he like, as long as he likes one, we're okay with him being around girls. But if he does not have an attraction, which at the end of the day is a sexual attraction right. to any of them, then we have questions. So what are we saying as men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, are we, what are we teaching him, right? That if he doesn't have a sexual attraction at the end of the day to any of these girls, he really shouldn't be with them. That's yeah, what we're is, teaching him. Yeah, this is a shift in, in our parenting. That in, And I don't have sons. I have a daughter. And, and yet at the end of the day, I think we... We've got to be very purposeful about the language that we're using and what we are teaching. And that, that you know, I, I like that you said we promote equality and equity. That's what a man in 2020 does and doesn't objectify or something of that nature. Could you elaborate on that about promoting equality and equity with women? Well, you know, equality kind of says that we're, you know, we're just the same in some respect, you know, and. It also kind of is interesting how we promote equality. Uh, you know, with, with equality, we just say, if we look at ourselves as men, collectively speaking, 
we run, control, and dominate the United States of America. I'm not talking about, you know, as individual men. Many of us as individual men have uh, women, you know, in our lives at work and other places that are in positions of authority and power over us. But if you look at the collective experience here in, in, in our country, men run, control, and dominate, collectively speaking, the United States of America. And so when we say promoting equality in our minds as men, we're up here. For us, promoting equality means, well, just come on up here and join us, right? Mm -hmm. That's promoting equality. But that's not how it happens, right? That's not, and that, that's not equity. Equity means men, y'all come down. As women, they rise and we meet in the middle. That's going to be a much more equitable experience, right? Promoting equity. So equality, you have to understand the power dynamics of this nation of ours to move from just saying equality, which means you're equal, you could do with anything you, I do, you can do, to promoting equity. And now we're talking about shared power, right? So that's, uh, we, we just find that very important. And it's, it's not something that folks in, in the spaces our men have been talking about as long maybe, or collectively, of course people have, but collectively uh, we move from just talking about equality. Because for a while we were just talking about equality, but now it's real clear that we're not only talking about equality, we're talking about equity as well. Yeah, and fairness. And and so and, I think, you're, yeah, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, have you have you noticed a shift in the time that you guys have really been focused on this? Have you have you noticed a societal shift in how you know men are behaving or responding or or what they see as their role in society? There's no question about it. You know, we've been at it twenty plus years. Twenty years ago, I wouldn't have been on the air with you. You can count on that. Yeah, not you as a person, but there would not have been an interest to have someone doing what I'm doing on the air to talk to dads, right? right. Yeah. Uh, there may not have even been a venue specific to dads back then, right? Why would dad need the venue? That's mom's responsibility anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so even that shift, you know, I can remember 25 years ago while working my, my regular job, I was volunteering at a uh, after-school program. And, and what I wanted to do was some work with the dads, right? And I couldn't get the dads to come in. Yeah. They would not come in. They did not see it as part of their responsibility. And so the staff there told me, you got to give them something. I'm saying, what the heck are you talking about? We're talking about being good men and doing stuff with our kids. Why would I have to give them something? She said, they're not going to come in. She said, now if you have like a, a door prize with some tickets to a basketball game or or something like that, or if you have a raffle and you're going to give away a TV or a signed football or something, then you'll get them to come in. And that really disturbed me, the notion that I had to have a carrot to get you to participate. But that's where we were as, as men. And now I'm talking about as dads, you know, specific to your audience. Uh, but yeah, we, we surely have seen a shift. Right now, we work with every pro sport, team sport, and we work it pretty extensively with the NFL and the NBA, as well as the NHL. We have a contract with Major League Soccer, and as you know, they're, they're up and coming and growing. Yeah. Uh, we 
We're on college campuses almost every week, uh, work with the military, all, all, all these spaces we've been invited to, to begin to promote healthy, respectful manhood. So, I mean, of course, that wasn't happening 20 years ago. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, we've seen a change. I mean, we work with coaches, athletic programs, just you name it pretty much in any space where there are men we're invited uh you know we have relationships now uh, in the corporate world in hollywood all of these places so yes we've seen a change but yeah. we haven't seen enough of a change that you know i'm going to do cartwheels up and down the hallway yeah. of your studio you know it's not that we <laughs> we still know today that men's violence against women is at epidemic proportion and that's why you're doing what you're doing I mean, and you're working hard even to teach young people. And I know you've got some programs and things that you do. Tell us a little bit about that in case we've got some dads who are interested and, and maybe they're teachers or they're coaches or they're involved in the community and want to bring some of that out. Yeah, well, that's a great question. I mean, you can always, you know, reach out to us to bring us out to any event you might have in your community. Uh, we do men's breakfasts. We speak at colleges. Uh, you know, uh, we work in high schools, uh, we work in, you know, community events, uh, everywhere you can find us. One of our signature programs is our uh, Live Respect, Coaching Healthy Respectful Manhood curriculum. You know, and this curriculum is in middle schools and high schools, after school programs all across the country. It's a highly successful endeavor. Uh, we created it through a, a grant from Verizon to support us and we work with Scholastic to make it credible to uh, education institutions around the country. And we pilot it to, you know, about 300 boys around the country. And uh, it's, it's a great curriculum, a great curriculum. We encourage everyone and anyone to visit our website. You can download the curriculum free of charge. You can use the curriculum online, download a hard copy. It's available there for you. In addition to that, you can sign up to become a facilitator of the curriculum by taking our webinar uh, course to do such. So it's a great opportunity. We encourage anyone that are working with uh, boys, that whether it's educating boys or just spending time with boys, to, to really look at this curriculum. And along with that, there's, there's other great information on our website, our Facebook, our Instagram, you can browse it and you can find tons of information yeah. there uh, that can support your effort in working with young people. You guys have great stuff. And the Live Respect program, you can find at liverespect.org if people are interested in that. And then more info on you guys is a call to men.org. So as we wrap up, what would be, if, if you were sitting down with a dad and you just, there's one thing that you want these dads to absolutely understand what is it? I want them to understand about the influence that they have in their son's lives and our responsibility to stop our sons from being a role self, R-O-L-E, and to begin to be their whole self, H-W-H-O-L-E, and, and how instrumental we are in the development of our boys being their whole self, their authentic selves, and and how much they would benefit uh their mental health their physical health uh just the enjoyment of life in of itself if we as men 
can really be intentional in helping our boys to no longer be robotic and to be held hostage to the tenets and the principles of this man box, but instead to break out of the man box and, and, and be who they are and love life and love people fully and not based on uh, these rigid notions of manhood that it, James, they're just so outdated. And I'm, I want men to hold on to the wonderful things about being a man and be very, very comfortable moving past those rigid notions of manhood and, and allow not only our boys, but allowing ourselves the, the freedom, you know, to, to just be. Yeah, well, it's great stuff. And I appreciate everything your organization does. And just again, would you remind everybody how they might be able to follow you and follow a call to men on, you know, on social media and online? Yeah, so we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and they can follow us at A Call to Men, uh, Twitter as well. They can follow me on Twitter at Tony Porter, ACTM. Please visit our website, acalltomen.org, as, as well as, uh, as you mentioned, uh, liverespect.org for, for the curriculum as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate what you've done, and uh, thank you for taking time out to join us today on Positively Dad. Really appreciate it. Thank you, James, for having me. Amazing stuff from Tony. Absolutely amazing. And and here's here's basically what he said. You know, we got to think about the words that we're saying and what are we teaching our boys, whether we mean to or not. What are we teaching them about women? What are we teaching them about relationships, how we treat people, all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, here's what a man does in 2020. Asks for help, accepts help, and offers help. Asks, offers, and accepts help. Number two, understanding that anger is either a fear or a pain, and it's something we've got to address. That we promote equality and equity, and we support our sons in being their authentic selves. So I trust you got some things from him that'll help. I want to take a moment to point you to another episode that you might go back and listen to, and that's a conversation we did back in October. It's episode number 35. It's called Me Too and Middle School, and I talked to an author named Barbara D. Barbara D writes books for young people, for late elementary and, and middle school age children. And she wrote a book called Maybe He Just Likes You. And it's one that, that dives into this experience of a, of a middle school girl and boys uh, and how they're behaving when they may be interested in her or something of that nature and, and what's appropriate and what isn't. And, and Tony talked a little bit about that, that, that teaching um, our young boys how to just respect people and, and, and be kind, compassionate, nice people. And I'd recommend for fathers, especially fathers of sons, to go back and listen to that episode as well. It's called Me Too and Middle School, A Conversation with Barbara D. and it's episode number 35, to give some context on what are we teaching our boys about how to treat people. All right, well, let's wrap up the podcast the way we wrap up every podcast, and that's with a visit to the kids' corner with Naomi, our our eight, almost eight-year-old second grader, and she just talks about whatever she wants to talk about. So, you know, I said, Naomi, what do you want to talk about this week with the with the people? And, you know, we're coming just off the holidays, and she still has that on her mind. So you might hear a little bit about the holidays in this message. Here we go, Naomi with the Kids' Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Nima Shaw, and today on the Kids' Corner, Naomi will be talking about Christmas. So Christmas is the time of year where you hang out with your mom and dad or with your family. You might get presents 
And some of you that you are Christians believe in that Jesus was born on Christmas Day. And some people think Jesus was born on summer. So basically the whole part of Christmas is hanging out with your family, giving, and celebrating Christ the Savior's birth. Some people don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Hanukkah. Jewish people celebrate that. And they are people that think differently from other people. And that's okay because everybody's different. Nobody thinks the same. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a good day. Bye. There you go. Good stuff from the kid. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. More of you are listening than any time ever. And we're so excited. And all the growth is organic. It comes from you sharing this message. So if you know somebody that should hear Tony's message from today, would you share it with them? You know, send them an email or post it on their social media. Maybe you want everyone to hear about it and you could post it on your Facebook page. That would be amazing as well because all of our growth is organic. We don't really spend any money to promote the show. So anything you could do to support it would be amazing and wonderful. And we'd appreciate you doing that. Finally, if you would rate us and review us wherever you're listening, that would be awesome. Five stars are our favorite. Don't forget to subscribe, too, so you can get both episodes that we do every week without having to think about it. And then finally, would you also connect with us on social media? We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad and you'll find us. I trust you got value out of today. I certainly did. And I appreciate you listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next time on Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. See ya.